The Chairshot Podcast is back on this lovely Sunday Eve. We're in a post-big fight world, thank fuck. Um, but the Chairshot Podcast lives on. I'm one of your hosts, Barry Murphy. Joined, as always, by my ever-dependable co-host, first of all, Mr. Paul Griffin. On about four hours sleep, I'm here. And Mr. Joe Towner. Hello. I'm well rested, Joe. I don't know about you. I, you know, I got those. Um. Mm-hmm. Only me? All right, that's fine. Up in the middle of the night, so. Ah, uh, you pair of jabroni. Tossers. Absolute jabroni, Max. Well, folks, one of us keeps it real on this podcast, even if the others don't. That's fine. Uh, anyway, got a lot to talk about on this year's show. I suppose we'll kick things off. Just because everyone's sick of hearing about it, I don't want to drop it on them, you know, halfway through the show like an asshole. Let's get it out of the way now. Uh, who stayed up to watch the big McGregor Mayweather fight? And uh, in what in what scenarios did you watch it? Um, I woke up at set my alarm for four a.m. Yeah. Um, got up, watched it on the laptop. Except when I woke up at four a.m., they were just starting the final undercard match. So I was like, uh, somehow, then fell asleep for another hour and managed to wake up exactly as the fight was starting. So that was good. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, I stayed up all night. Mark. Uh, I didn't watch the undercard actually. I was um, playing video games instead because I no. I, th- I thought you were gonna say. I thought you were gonna say you watched Triple Mania because that was on before the fight. No. Um. I was playing video games, which I'll talk about later on in the podcast. Um, I actually came down and watched the I watched the one fight before the the big one. So it was it was a little flyweight fight with these two little dwarf men, and it was it was rubbish because boxing. Here's a little controversial statement, but boxing is a load of boring old shite for the mm, most part. Um, yeah. It mostly is. Uh, you get the odd good fight, like um, uh, Klitschko and Joshua, which I thought was probably the best boxing match I've ever watched. But then for every one of those, you get 10 Mayweather Pacquiao's and Hay Bellews, which in fairness was only fun because Hay got injured immediately in the fight. Um, and Bellews still couldn't do anything with him for like a, a, an hour. Um, so boxing, yeah, for the most part, boxing rubbish, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, now we did, we didn't stream the the fight. We were using this um, archaic system, which is called Sky Box Office. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, you which, Mark's paid for it. Oh my god! <laughs> now, in fairness, I didn't pay for it. My my brother kindly offered to foot the bill for it. So, uh, basically, what I didn't want to be doing because. In in you know inevitably when we watch you know most fights most big fights like the ones that I listed off there a minute ago, I spend most of my time not relaxing watching you know a good classic bout, but half the time standing up going ad shite the stream died refresh the page, uh, close all the hundred ads that pop up. So I was like you know I don't need to be doing that this time. So it was kind of arranged that we would get we would buy the pay per view. 25 euro or whatever so it's not too bad it's not a hundred dollars like it is in the u.s and even then people were 
up in arms because the, the pay-per-view were, weren't confirmed or whatever. Um, yeah, I, I, I heard directly from one person who was trying to use it that UFC's streaming Their fight pass, that, yeah. Yeah, that didn't work apparently, which is great on the big hyper-expensive fight. So, yeah, I just... I, I, I ordered... Uh, called up Skybox office. Don't even need to speak to someone. They have the automated, like... If you want to order this event, just pop in your viewing number now and did that and yeah, no no issues with the high definition uh, show they put on. Very good. Um, and then yeah, I thought I thought the fight was entertaining enough. Um, then went to bed. <laughs> so that was my experience. Obviously, Floyd Mayweather far too good for McGregor. So my prediction of last week of. McGregor's going to knock him out. Obviously, that didn't happen. Oh, I forgot you predicted that. Oh my god! In fairness, in fairness, it was a flip. I mean, it was a flippant I mean, can prediction. You believe, can, can you believe this, Joe? He watched the whole show. He paid for it, and he thought McGregor was going to win. Well, no, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. A fucking little nerd. I was laughing all the way to the bank. I didn't really. I didn't really think McGregor was going to win. In fair, if you listen back, it was. I was just oh, being man. the devil's advocate. I was just the, oh, the, the listen just, to the tone, lads. Just, just like when people uh, thought the Big Show was going to beat him at WrestleMania, and they paid their money, and they all predicted, "Oh, Big Show's going to win," blah blah blah. And then, of course, maybe the one had the last laugh. <laughs> I think there's a difference between, yeah, obviously people who are buying specifically to see McGregor beat this guy, which wasn't the case. You know, I just wanted to. I explained, first of all, a minute ago why we got paid for you, but it was just the, the historical, you know, biggest fight ever in inverted quotes that, you know, I wanted to watch. I didn't have any real expectations that McGregor was going to win. Um, or did you? No, my base, <laughs> my base level expectation was that it wouldn't be as boring as Mayweather's last fight, which in fairness, it wasn't. Um, so I didn't feel, I, I didn't feel like I got ripped off or I didn't feel disappointed by the fight. It was a pretty fun fight, I thought. All things considered. I mean, McGregor did come off very amateurish with his little rabbit punches to the back of the head. Yeah. Um, but I, th- I thought he did... Uh, I think the general consensus in our house, we had about five or six people overwatching, and the general consensus was that uh, McGregor did, and again in quotes, better than I thought, i.e. he didn't get knocked out immediately. <laughs> yeah. Um... No, I thought he held his own. I, one thing about McGregor, which I don't think is only limited to boxing, is he, definitely his weakness is he has very little stamina. Um, and that's something that was seen in both of the Diaz fights, even the one he won, is that McGregor is is extremely good for, like, two rounds. <laughs> and then if if he hasn't won by then, he gets very tired. Um, which is something you think that he would have kind of prepared more for this time around because it, se- it seemed like Floyd was able to just come and come and come and come uh, <laughs> <laughs> at him. I'm getting the feeling of coming in the gym, <laughs> the feeling of coming after the gym, <laughs> coming at home, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. <laughs> Anyway. Oh, dear. Yeah, so anyway. It was entertaining enough, I suppose, but um, it did feel like 
Mayweather was just like sparring with him for the first half an hour. I I, I know McGregor probably won the first few rounds, but I, I can't really evaluate this in any kind of. Well, I think on, on the official judges' scorecards, I think two of the judges only gave McGregor the first round. Yeah, maybe the first two. Um, yeah, I I I thought McGregor had the first three or four. Um, but then obviously Floyd took over and easily maybe have a couple of ten eights in there as well. And I I did think the the stoppage was you know completely justifiable. I didn't think yeah. it was an early stoppage. I think he was being fucking battered around the place, stumbling <laughs> into the ropes. When you're staggering around with your arms <laughs> by your sides, <laughs> being punched in the, the face. That's a hint that it should be stopped, yeah. uh, MMA fans. <laughs> and I think all in all, I mean, I think McGregor's exposure to people who typically wouldn't be watching MMA and have kind of now have seen his character. Um, uh, I think he's. I think he, he's. He's coming out of it a winner despite losing the fight. You know. Mm-hmm. So I think it was kind of a win-win situation. Everybody got what they wanted from it. <laughs> Me and money. Really? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I actually haven't even seen so much as a GIF from this thing. So. I won't bother. Um. Yeah, I was all over the papers yesterday. I mean, I, I actually, when I was in the shop, I meant to take a picture of the the newsstand because it was just Connor. It wasn't even Connor and Floyd. It was just Connor McGregor's face all over everything. Um, One thing that I noticed as well here was while the fight was on, I looked out the window this is at whatever four or five a.m um i've never seen so many houses at that like hour of the night with their lights on Mm. like it was obvious that every nearly every second or third house someone was up watching the fight which is crazy the amount of people they're watching whether you know legally or not i can assume the majority of them were not were streaming or whatever but the fact that so many people were watching it was mad or they were watching triple mania (laughs) <laughs> I wonder who was worse uh, Mar Ronaldo or Kevin Gill uh, hmm, I don't know I didn't hear anything bad about Mar Ronaldo, but then again I don't know anyone who's watching that version of the uh, of the stream um, now we had uh, on Skybox I heard, I heard Kevin Gill was bad to be fair it's your boy KG <laughs> the perpetual teenager fuck it um, we had Carl Frock, I think, on commentary, and he said something like, uh, after the fight, he said something like, yeah, I was kind of disappointed, I thought, I thought McGregor would show more, He's, he was disappointed that the guy who never had a professional boxing fight in his life didn't look so good against the best boxer in history, really, what, yeah. what, what kind of expectations did he have, McGregor was going to come in and knock him out, he was going to knock him out, yeah, that would be mental, wouldn't it? Imagine predicting that. Uh, yeah. Anyway, oh, done me there. Are we done with this fight? I think we're done with it forever, yeah. Can we never mention this ever, ever again? No. Okay. All right, so we can move on from that. Uh, what else is going on in the world of um, the world and that life? Well, Natty got a wisdom tooth taken out Ooh. on Friday. Have either of you had this done? Uh, I did, but I had it as part of another surgery, so I didn't. I didn't even really notice it because I, I was proper out 
for it. So well, it's not even the taking out of the tooth that's the the worst bit. It's the post taking, where um, number one, she can't eat anything that's not liquid. So you know, and cold. So ice cream, yogurt, uh, that sort of stuff. Um, and she's in constant pain. So she's all pilled up. Aww. So what my my little thing would be... I've never had a wisdom tooth taken out. Um, and being like a casual observer to the whole <laughs> rehab section of it, I wouldn't advise it to people unless... Because I know the reason why people get it taken out typically is, you know, it's already causing them pain, or that when it comes up, it's going to fuck up the alignment of their teeth. But uh, yeah, I've never seen someone kind of so miserable because of you know they're going through a, a, a medical thing or anything like that. But it's properly bad. Yeah, it's rubbish. <laughs> so, um, apparently, like day four or whatever is the worst. So she's she got it done on Friday, so it's been two days now um, but at least tomorrow she can start eating hot food again so like you know mashed potatoes or something like that which will probably fill her up because that's kind of the, the worst thing about it this weekend has been you know a, a person can only eat so much ice cream before you're like I can't eat any more fucking ice cream but I'm hungry so it's a tough little situation um, what's she doing alright I expected her face to be real swollen, but uh, it actually didn't didn't swell very badly at all, and she's able to you know talk properly and stuff. So I guess I'd expected worse, um, but she still ain't happy with it. And that's really all that happened here over the week, aside from boring old work and all that. What about yourselves, anything interesting? Yeah, went to a barbecue yesterday, and then. Around my grandparents today, spent about five hours trying to set up a uh, Echo, an Amazon Echo. So yeah, you, oh, you said your granddad came in like two weeks ago with that. Is it still not set up? Yeah, he, well, I got it working here easily enough because I just got the app on my smartphone. It was fine. But, you know, then I had to set up a tablet. He's got an Amazon account. He obviously doesn't know the password. I had to reset the password, set it up. It's a bit of a faff. And then the Echo's not even that good because you can't sort of... Uh, you can only play music through it if you've got Amazon Prime yeah, or if you've got Spotify Premium. Um, otherwise, you can only play the radio. So that was a bit But of a what is the Amazon Echo used for, mostly? Like, what is it? It's uh, it's like a personal assistant type thing. Like a Siri. Okay. But it's a, a speaker you can kind of stick in the room and it's always on. So you can just go, Alexa, play, you know bit of Lionel Richie or whatever you want okay um, yeah I know that yeah I didn't realize that was called the, that it was the Amazon Echo I've heard obviously of Alexa do this well yeah the actual it's a bit confusing I don't know why they come up with two names but the the, the um, actual hardware is called the Echo why if you have someone in, in, your, in your house who is called Alexa well this has happened with um, Alexa Bliss apparently oh really so whenever commentators say her name during the wrestling it switches on the Alexa so it's a bit unfortunate. Alexa, clean your room. I am robot, cannot clean. <laughs> um, yep, so that's my weekend, and I'm just looking forward to tomorrow where I'm going to do absolutely fuck all, baby, except watch Game of Thrones. And you're off work tomorrow, yeah? 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah, bitch. Oh, it's the finale tonight, of course, isn't it? Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I'm still on episode three. I'm still four behind. So at least I'll have a big, uh, you know, run. Of, run of, maybe I'll watch with like one a week for for the rest of the week or something like that. But um, my grandparents have like don't even have the internet in their house. So I'm I'm, I'm impressed that yours have an Amazon Echo. Yeah, they've they've both got a tablet now. For real? No, I, I don't even know if my grandmother has like Sky in her house. Never. I think she might still have an Ariel with like four channels. Well, I, I think I already mentioned this podcast as well that like my parents are just about discovering the internet. Where my dad's like, watch this, watch this video, Paul. It's it's hilarious. It's like, ah, have you not heard about the internet, Paul? <laughs> keyboard cat or whatever. That's that's your dad. Impression. <laughs> so just a racist Irishman, basically. <laughs> Sir Paul, have you not heard about this thing called the internet? It's fantastic. Is that Conor McGregor at a press conference? <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. And then, yeah, did you notice that as well? After the fight, when he was being interviewed, he was like twenty percent more Irish than he normally is. I, I didn't watch it. Is, in his post-fight interview. Yeah, he was real like, sure, they haven't be, you know, have, have me on the floor and me nose be hanging off me. He's talking like real <laughs> idiomatically Irish. Weird. Anyway, Barry, what about yourself? Yeah. What have you been up? No, I didn't get up. I didn't get, I didn't get up too much, you know. No, just quite. Living, living my best life as best I can. Um. Uh. Did I, did I do anything this week other than work? No, I don't think I did. Um. Oh. What have you been eating? What you been eating recently, Barry? Because we saw. I don't know if, if anyone has Barry on Snapchat. But well, this is Barry, who who is who's turned his life around. Of course, lest you forget. What? Um, what? I never claimed I turned my life around. You were saying if you you said that you were at the doctor. You said you have to you start eating good, Barry, or you'll be you'll be in the morgue. Well, he did not say I'd be in the morgue. Also, all he said was don't drink booze and don't eat spicy foods. Okay. So, so I haven't eaten spicy foods. I got lots of nice stuff in my cupboard. He it's had, not spicy. I think, I think he, what he had was um, hot chocolate. Was <laughs> yeah, it was hot chocolate, yeah. There was, uh, seemed to be quite a lot of um, expired chocolate. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, yeah, well, I threw, it in the, I threw that away. So. Oh, well, good. Thank God for that. I don't know how... <laughs> You keep the chocolate around long enough for it to go off because that—that was like laying around at home for ages, and I just grabbed it on my way out, not not even checking it. So, um, a what I had, I had, what else? What? Some kind of pot noodle or some pot? I had no. It's it's a little a little bit posher than a pot noodle. It's like a little pot bolognese. Right? Oh, madam. <laughs> From like I think it's I think it's actually Don Mio I I don't know but yeah. yeah literally same same concept you boil water you pour it in you stir it you leave it you come back and it's a little spicy bolognese in a pot for the lazy man such as me and I have since that recording I have since eaten that um, and it wasn't bad I'd have another one I mean uh, if they did sell bags of bachelor chow at the supermarket <laughs> you would buy it. I mean, well, yeah. If, it, if it's just something you literally just open it and pour it into a bowl, oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah, that'd be fine. So I, I have eaten some things out of that, uh, out of that that cupboard. Um, oh, why am I so keep? I apologize. I'm yawning. What, on what, air. what did you have yesterday? 
Uh, yesterday, me and Kira ordered in, so. Hmm. So I had a uh, bacon cheeseburger oh. and, and bacon cheese fries and a portion of chicken tenders with it because I was like, I'll treat myself. Uh, it's my first time using the, the delivery service. So I had 50% off. Ooh. And uh, Oreo shake with that. I'm a fan of an Oreo uh, shake, I must say. But none of it was spicy, therefore I'm fine. <laughs> That's my logic when I eat as well. Pretty sure none of that ever has a bad effect on my health. That's fine. <laughs> uh, all the cheese is good because it's milk. Um, so, yeah, I don't think I've, I've gotten up to much this week. Watched a lot of telly, played some video games. Uh, I was making plans to... For Nigel. Uh, for what? Never mind. Go on. I was making plans to... <laughs> that was the oldest reference I ever made on this show. I I had no idea what that reference was. Joe, I think Joe got it. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, Joe didn't know what I'm talking about. Go on. <laughs> Ooh, hello, secret joke. Yeah, secret little joke between the boys. Um, uh, I was contemplating going to uh, OTT in Belfast in October. Um, because it seems they're not going to have a Dublin show in October, which is odd. Um, but then I but then I realized I am actually away. That, that weekend, which is a shame because I looked into the travel and the hotel and it wasn't that expensive. But, but yeah, no, not not much else going on this week. We'll talk about telly and all that jazz in in a minute, but no uh, no other life goings on currently. Oh, we do have OTT at the weekend, of course. We do indeed. Oh, why am I so tired? I slept in. Eight yeah, you're days. you're the one of us who wasn't up for the fight <laughs> last night. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just lazy as fuck. To be fair. I cleaned this house from top to toe today, so... Um, and to be fair, I, I, I am also in bed doing this right now, just in case I fall asleep during it, that I can already be in bed. Yeah, so... Uh, so there is that. Um, but anyway... So uh, what do we want to jump into uh, uh, next here? Uh, we got Game Golf, Movie Golf, TV Golf... Uh, why don't we do a bit of Movie Golf? Mm. Uh, well, I watched a couple of movies this week. Um, I did buy a few Blu-rays a few weeks ago. I don't know if I mentioned on the podcast, but I bought like Get Out, uh, John Wick 2, Split, Lego Batman, The Handmaiden, and something else. Moana, I think. Um, so I finally watched one of them, so I'm going to hopefully start getting through those. Uh, I watched the Lego Batman movie this week. Uh, which I know, Joe, I know Joe has seen. I don't know. Have you seen that, Barry? I uh, no, actually, I was saying to Kira that just this weekend that we should watch it, but we we did not get around to that. Um. So obviously, I'm a huge fan of the for the Lego Movie, which mm. is one of my favorite animated movies of the last few years. Um, Lego Batman, I would say, is is not as good. First of all, in fact, nowhere near as good. Um, but I thought it was I thought it was uh, entertaining enough in its own way. Um, it's one of the few movies where you know it does rely very heavily on references and parodies of kind of the Batman history. And and for people who watch Half in the Bag and Red Letter Media and, and their movie reviews, you'll know that I kind of agree with their stance of uh, references aren't jokes. But this was a movie where I, where I couldn't help but kind of enjoy the references themselves. Um, I quite enjoyed that aspect that it was it was quite self 
referential in a in quite a silly way like i didn't take the batman history very seriously um and i think it kind of it, it kind of worked well enough as a as a lego movie but also worked well enough as a as a batman movie it wasn't it wasn't great in either sense but it, it's a, it was a perfectly good movie i don't think it would be you know anywhere on the level in 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 bad terms of you know your what you'd expect from a, a direct dvd lego movie like it was yeah it was very good um but i would say it wasn't wasn't great wasn't obviously as good as the lego movie didn't have uh the kind of build and enjoyment that the lego movie has like i felt like when i was watching the lego movie the, the longer it went on like the more and more and more i enjoyed it whereas lego batman kind of is kind of consistent throughout and how in how much you'll enjoy it. like it's more like a straight line going horizontally yeah. rather than an ever-increasing one um so i'd say about yeah about seven out of ten um it is good if you if you're you know if you're thinking about watching i would say yeah go for it you probably enjoy it especially if you're a batman fan which i know you are uh yeah i think you probably enjoy it it's uh it's very good um i'm not sure that the batman character as it as it is in the lego movie is necessarily uh kind of ideal to be the central character of a movie kind of in the same way of better call saul where saul goblin works great as the kind of you know second or third level character rather than like a lead and i kind of feel that same way about batman but the supporting cast is is great and and good certainly good enough to kind of carry the movie along with that so i didn't think that was much of a problem one thing i don't like and i didn't like in it and i kind of don't like generally with any kind of modern animated film or modern comedy film is this uh comedy that's kind of written to seem like it's ad-libbed um yeah where like it, obviously it's an animated movie it is scripted to whatever extent but like jokes where one ca- that this isn't necessarily saying this is a joke from the movie this is just my example but where one character will go uh blah 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 blah, blah and then another character goes blah, 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 and the first character will say uh i i literally just said that what oh and that's like the joke and it, it kind of written to be like mumbled or or stammered and like to come off like ad-libbed and i i really don't like that kind of comedy that's just not funny to me uh, and this movie is is full of that as well so that that does great very quickly um but no overall i enjoyed lego batman like i said seven seven out of ten somewhere in that in that range i know joe gave it a six so i wouldn't be too far away from joe's kind of feelings on it do you have anything else to add to that joe no, I was just very disappointed. I didn't think it had that many laughs in it. You know, I did enjoy some of the references, but it wasn't a patch on the Lego movie. No, no, Lego movie is far, far, far better. Um, but I, I kind of heard mixed things about Lego Batman anyway, so mm. I'd kind of gone in with lower expectations. So I was kind of pleasantly surprised when I found, you know, that I didn't think it was as bad as a lot yeah. of people kind of made it out to be. Um. I then watched a film called Death Note, which is new to Netflix this week. Um, Death Note. Based based on an animu, I believe. Based on an animu or a magnet, which uh, I've neither read nor watched. So I have no, no uh, you know, pre-existing knowledge of the characters or the story or anything like that. So I'm kind of judging it on its own merits. Um, 
but Death Note is a really a really cool concept, but mm. but a very bad film. Um, it does feel like like it's very obvious watching it that it's based on a series because it feels like they try and cram loads into ninety minutes, <laughs> and certain things are either not really explained or just skipped over completely and time goes by super fast in it where two characters like will meet and then 15 minutes later there's this like full backstory to them that the movie never like really goes into you know spend time explaining or building up or setting up or anything like that uh the performances are kind of all over the place like some are very good some are very bad the lead character is is not good at all is is there anyone notable in it, actor wise? Uh, Will, Will, Willem Dafoe is in it. Uh, do you see? Oh yeah, I heard about that. He's yeah. the the Ryuk. He, he he's he's nose. He is uh he's Death Boy. Um. Mm. Uh, the the lead girl in it is from the Nice Guys. She plays Amelia in that. She she's she kind of comes off as like a a poor man's Kristen Stewart. Um. So performances kind of vary in terms of quality. The cinematography is very bad as well. Like there, there was one scene I remember where you have two characters sitting across a table, and one of them is shot like completely flat, and the other one is shot at a tilt, like a Dutch angle, and it's it's, it's kind of going back and forth between them, and it, it just kind of was really glaringly weird and not nice to look at. Um. So yeah, I wasn't a big fan of Death Note. Um, you know the way sometimes you watch in a movie and it will be very, very predictable. Um, this was a movie where I'd be watching a scene and I would predict exactly what was going to happen. Uh, but instead of what I predicted was going to happen, nothing would happen. So let me give you an, an example early on in the movie, right? There is a, a scene where the main character is like 10 minutes into the movie. There's a scene where the main character is in detention, right? This is after he just has got the the death notebook uh he's in detention and his teacher for whatever reason has to go whether he has i forget the teacher has to go take a phone call or something but the teacher is like uh you stay here don't you fall asleep now or you'll get even more detention and the teacher goes off and the the lead character uh whose name is light he opens up the death notebook and there's this kind of starts a, a hurricane in the room so tables and papers are being blown around, the room is being destroyed, glass is shattering and so on. Um, and that's where he meets the Willem Dafoe character. And so my expectation is, well, obviously what this is going to set up is, you know, he'll meet the, the, the character, they'll go off and go on with the plot, and you'll, you'll see this one scene where the teacher comes back and the kid's gone, and he goes, oh, whoa, 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 whoa! But instead, nothing happens. The teacher never comes back. So it's like they set they set up the scene for the punchline and then don't give the punchline. And that happens that feeling happens like five times throughout the movie where oh they're setting this up for a reveal or for a punchline and then there's never a punchline. Things get set up and never paid off. Um so not a huge fan of Death Note. What I what I would say is the the concept is super interesting and i have no doubt that the anime is like far better to the point where i'm actually interested in in checking it out like that's how that's how strong the concept is it's just a shame that the movie is is such a mess um 
and it's actually directed by the guy who did The Guest, which is a movie that I really, really like. Um, but this this was bad. So I, wa- I won't recommend Death Note to people. Um, I know Rashina watched it, and she was very much on kind of the same same wavelength as me that it wasn't good. Yeah, but I think I think she I, I, I think she's checked. I, I haven't heard too much positive about it to be honest. No, I gave it a four. Mm. So I w- I wouldn't recommend. It is only ninety minutes though, so if you want to give it a try, at least you're not waste you're not sitting there for two hours twenty or anything like that. It's it's qu- over it's over quite fast. Or six hours, like it's SummerSlam or something. <laughs> uh, what about you, Joe? Seen any films? Um, just the one. Uh, another Tom Hanks movie. Oh. Uh, uh another one of his um, fleeting cameos in in a film. Uh, this one is directed by Meg Ryan. He's uh, someone he's collaborated with a few times. Um, it's quite a boring movie, <laughs> to be honest. It's set in during the Second World War. It's about a young kid who works as a bike messenger, and he's waiting for his brother to come back from war. It's really basic. It's it's directed. Did I just say it's directed by Meg Ryan? Yeah. Sorry, I'm getting Alzheimer's. I think. Um, <laughs> so yeah, she directed it. Meg Ryan directed it. Um, so she was the director. Um, and yeah, oh god, it's it's it wasn't awful. I found it somewhat charming some of the performances, but it's not one you'd ever need to watch. It has a really bad rating on Rotten Tomatoes as well, like nine percent or something. It's a little bit harsh. But yeah, it's a very kind of simple movie, not not really any kind of depth to the plot, characters or, or themes. <laughs> I'm just so, looking uh, at the IMDB page for it, and a lot of the actors who are in it have yeah. names that sound like they're out of a Twilight book. Okay. Like you know how characters in the Twilight series are called? They're all like Eugenia, whatever. <laughs> they all have like I weird um, female. I've fantasy. only seen. I, I only. I can only recall the main characters' names, which are like fucking Be- Bella, Belle, Bella. Yeah. So, yeah. so I actually, I actually don't know to what you refer. Uh, so we have Hamish Linklater. Ale- <laughs> Zachary Weber, Spencer Howell, Eugenia Gonzalez, Lois Robbins. That's not too bad, I guess. But she plays a character called Mrs. Beaufrere, which is right out of fucking Twilight. Anyway. Yeah, so I avoid that one. Not good. How's Tom Hanks in it, at least? Is he alright? Uh, no. No. <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't. I don't think he has a line in it, does he? Maybe one line. What does he do? He's, it's just a cameo. He He's in a painting the, in it. He plays the lead kid's dad. I think in just in flashbacks. Is it is it yeah. is it like is it like Stan Lee in the Marvel movies where you're now you're now into the movies where where Tom Hanks is just showing up in the background of a strip club or or <laughs> you know or <laughs> uh, or or like um uh, a movie about um, a, a Hollywood star and Tom Hanks little character goes, huh, that guy will never make it. And then the audience goes, oh, I get it. It's that guy from real life. Yeah, I think he was an executive producer on this one. Uh, and I, I'm pretty sure he they did the cameo just so they could put his name on the poster. Yeah, he's on IMDb. He's top build. Tom yeah. Steely. Ridiculous, because he's barely in it. But on the poster, he isn't. But on IMDb, you have 
director Meg Ryan, writers Eric Gendrison, William Saroyan, straight out of uh, New Dawn or whatever that fucking book's called. And then stars Tom Hanks, Sam Shepard, Meg Ryan. Weird. Weird, darn it. Um, yeah, I didn't realize Meg Ryan directed these days. I'm not sure if she is after this, to be honest. <laughs> it's just... it. Um, yeah, is that all for movie guff? That's all. Yeah. Although we'll, we'll we'll use this section of the show to give a big old R.I.P. to the main man, Tobe Hooper or Toby Hooper. I'm never quite sure how he pronounces it. Yeah, Toby. Uh, Toby Hooper, the uh, director of uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, and also Poltergeist, which I was not a big I'm not a big Poltergeist guy. I mean, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, one of my all time favorites. But um, I tell you what, though, the original Poltergeist is better than that remake. Yeah, he also directed The King's Speech and Les Miserables. Oh wow! <laughs> wait, wait, like no. not not the Rust Road Les Miserables. <laughs> oh, shut up! <laughs> that was Tom Hooper. Oh, I did a joke. Oh, God. I don't believe he's dead, to the best of my knowledge. I don't believe so either. Um, um, but yeah, Texas Chainsaw, one of the one of the best uh, Halloween movies ever, I would say. And certainly, certainly innovative and and. I've never seen Poltergeist. I, on the other hand, hey, I don't know. If the, I don't know that that's necessarily aged super well. It's kind of a it's a bit, it's a bit 90s, but they did it. They did a they did a remake of it that was just horrendous. Um. But uh, yeah, that's a shame. Um, and I don't know if there's any other um, uh, uh, <laughs> film-based news we need to discuss, unless anyone wants to weigh in on James Cameron versus Patty Jenkins, which I don't think we do. Um, James Cameron is an idiot. Is nothing to do with Patty Jenkins, but the fact that he's uh, his whole deal with um, the new Avatar is he wants to make it so it's three D. Uh, without the need for glasses, can you just That's fucking play. make a movie, you idiot, and don't worry just about make this bollocks? Film. Yeah. Um, also, just don't, also actually, with regards to this one, actually, just don't make them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. God, I, I fucking like. I was actually, you know, as far as us and like our friends go, I'm pretty sure I was kind of on the high. I was the high man on Avatar, but even I, I have no interest at all in five more of them. Oh. Or whatever it is, he's, yeah, he's he's definitely making at least like three more. Oh. I, think, I, I think it might even be four. I think he's I think it's five in total. The funny thing is, like that first one's now like how many years old is that first one? It's been eight years. Out, yeah, it's been out of the public conscious for a long time. I want to say it's ever in the consciousness. Well, we're 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 all going to be dead by the time they come out, so don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully that's soon. But um, can you remember any of the characters' names? From not, not a one, no. Blue Man Group. You don't remember Doctor Norm Spellman? <laughs> I remember Evil Man. Okay, let's do an impromptu quiz. Avatar character <laughs> or made up? Um, that um that movie that was all CGI, wasn't it? That movie? No, it was filmed on Pandora. <laughs> Oh, I mean, like all the characters were di- were digitally, like there. It wasn't like, oh, goddamn. <laughs> yes, I believe it was CGI, right? All right. 
anyway, <laughs> no more movie golf ever. Uh, <laughs> I, I I did not watch any uh, any movies. Any movies. Oh. Uh, th- played some PUBG games, watched some TV, uh, listened to that new Taylor Swift song. Um, oh. Oh, we, could do, we, could do, we could do music. Oh, no, it wasn't. It was quite terrible. I have not heard the new Taylor Swift song. Well, that's good. Well, <laughs> Taylor Swift. Is it, is it, how is it as bad as people? Like, what's bad about it? What is the problem with this? So, first of all, it's not nearly as catchy, or it's simply just not as good a song as her other her other bops. Um, mm. That's that's the biggest problem. Before you get into anything else, the the other problems are first of all, it's it's an attempt to, to kind of be edgy, right? Uh, which she is not. I mean, like Taylor Swift. Like so so like I don't think we've ever talked about Taylor Swift on the show. Uh, I I think she has written some good pop tunes. Yeah, um, I think she always comes off like a bit of an arsehole in interviews and 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 whatnot. But I think that she she's writes aloof. Um, she's definitely aloof. Uh, this is uh, it's kind of an attempt to go uh, gritty a little bit, uh, and it fails. And it's kind of reigniting the Kanye feud a little bit, like as if people aren't sick of hearing about that and that whole thing. Um, that can be the next biggest so, fight of, in history. We've done McGregor I, Mayweather. Now I would probably pay to watch that. If it was like if it was like a, a ten thousand light tube match or something. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's it's it, there's a lot of criticism of the attitude around the song, but also just it's it's a lame song. It's just a bad song. It's quite cringy. But uh, it's it's a bit cringy. So um um. What else we got uh, going on here? I guess we can do a bit of TV guff. I, I think I'm the only one who's uh, watched a significant amount of TV. I finished season six of the Game of Thrones. <sighs> Woo! Uh, so got to the Battle of the Bastards and all that. Um, oh, nice. And, and the, the bit after. Um, good. Great season. Uh, lots of stuff happening. Lots of stuff advancing. I, like I feel like the last episode and the big episode, the last episode was almost like a little over the top. Um... Uh, but you know, not not to the point that it defied believability or anything, but it was a bit much. Um, but yeah, a, another great season. Um, and uh, we watched episode one of season seven as well. And yeah, things are things are moving along nicely. Um, so I'm I'm very much enjoying it. And uh, yeah, uh, what is the last episode of the season tonight? It's tonight. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, uh, I will not be caught up by by then, but we will uh, by I say in the next few days we'll 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 catch up on season seven, and we will uh, and we will move on. So um, yeah, but you know that's that's all I've really watched on telly. A bit more Archer, a bit more Always Sunny. Got to a, a ridiculous episode of Always Sunny. Uh, a season we're on season twelve now, which is the most recent one. They had uh, an episode parodying Making a Murderer and the Jinx. And it was just, it was fantastic, and it was one of the most, like, ludicrous things they've done. It was really great. Um, yeah, not much other telly. Any of you guys watching any, any telly of any note? Not really. No. Okay. Uh, hmm, what do we want to do then? Paul, did you want to do a bit of game golf? Yeah, I've been very active on the video games this week. I've completed three games this week. Ooh. What? So, first one, I finished Titan Souls, which I talked about last week. Uh, yeah. Super good. Super, super mm. good. Highly, highly recommend. 
to people, especially if you picked it up on a free through PS Plus and you have it sitting there. Um, definitely worth a go as a kind of as a buffer between bigger games because it only took me uh, three and a half hours to beat it. Mm. Um, super super good game. Um, really clever boss battles that are fiendishly difficult but not in a frustrating way um really good highly recommend go play titan souls even if you don't have it as a freebie and you see it for like a fiver worth it easily yeah i think i think it's pretty cheap generally um so i really enjoy titan souls uh i beat today a game called the vanishing of ethan carter Mm. Not the one from TNA. No. Although I haven't seen him lately. Maybe it's him. Um, well, you haven't been watching TNA, have you? So. It doesn't even call TNA anymore, I don't think. Um, Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> so Vanishing of Ethan Carter is another of those walking simulator games that I love. Uh, the last few walking simulator games, I must say, have been not so hot on. Like a t- Tacoma a few weeks ago, I mentioned that I wasn't a big fan of. Happily, The Vanishing of Ethan Carter is great. Um, reminded me of, of Gone Home in, insofar as, you, you know, you, st- you start to play Gone Home, and the more and more you play it, the more and more you start to think, is, is this a horror game? Like, what's in the attic? Um, this is kind of the other side of the coin of that, where you're playing this kind of unassuming game, and as you get more and more into it, you start thinking, is this a horror game? Is this a horror game? And Obviously, not to spoil anything, but it, it does lean more to that direction than than Gone Home ultimately mm. does. Um, so, what you what you do in this game is obviously it's it's a typical walking simulator where you're kind of exploring this um, this little town more or less, and um, you're solving crime. So, it's not not in, in like L.A. noir esque, but you are. You're finding like a corpse, and you have to find clues about what happened to, it. and that kind of develops, excuse me, develops the story that way. Um, and it was just done. The, the story is really, really clever, and the, actually has a kind of a, a twist ending, I guess, but one that's actually super, super satisfying, in, as opposed to Tacoma. And like, I guess you could argue Gone Home, although I, I really like the ending of Gone Home. Um, has a really satisfying conclusion. Um, probably took me lo- no longer than about two and a half, three hours to beat. Um, but would, would be up there. I, I got a very uh, very similar feeling playing this. It's almost like a mix of Dear Esther and Everybody's Gone to the Rapture, that kind of feeling. Um, mm. But the characters in it that, that you're kind of investigating are, are really well developed and the mystery of what's going on in this little backwoods town is is very very interesting and very very well handled so again big thumbs up for the vanishing of ethan carter um if you get it on ps plus if it, if it ever shows up there or you see it on sale for five ten pounds dollars whatever uh definitely worth a pick up especially if you enjoy mystery games or walking simulators um and then finally I beat a little game called Uncharted, The Lost Legacy. Ooh! Um, I beat it in three sittings, I think. So I beat it over the course of two days. 
Um, I quite liked it. Um, are you still playing it, or have you beat it yourself, Bray? I am. I'm getting close, but I have not beat it yet. Um, yesterday, me and Kira just played. Watched fucking Game of Thrones all day, so that's kind of okay. what I fell behind on. I was playing it before this. I think. I think I'm close. Um, I think what slowed me down a bit was that there's a big open world-ish segment in the middle of it, and I did. I did pretty much everything there that I could do. Right. Um, so I've. Uh, yeah, and I've been dicking around with the uh, the photo mode as well. So, uh, yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm near the end, but I have not yet finished. What chapter are you on? Do you know? Eight, I believe. I think. Yeah, because there are there are nine. So nine is the. Final okay, yeah, yeah. I, I'm either on seven or eight, so I'm. I, yeah, and yeah, I, I, kinda, I can I can feel from the story as well that it's that it's 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 winding up to finish. So yeah. Yeah, I, I quite like to. I unlike you, I I didn't really spend much time exploring the big open area um i was kind of tentative about kind of how that would feel in an uncharted game but i thought it was it was fine it was obviously very similar to the the driving segments of of uncharted 4 um and i liked the little map you had where you could kind of reference where things were um but i don't know that uncharted necessarily needs you know things like that because what i like about uncharted is kind of the the movie like feeling you get playing in the charter game is that it kind of develops very quickly and yeah then it kind of grinds to a halt and says oh drive around this area for an hour um so i more or less just I, went to the three yeah. areas and and continued you know i didn't even go I, to the uh, mystery question mark one yeah i i i i wonder if maybe they just kind of feel the pressure because i think it, it was so universally agreed with four that even though four was an excellent game that it, people had kind of had their fill of the series yeah i wonder if maybe they're like if we're going to keep doing little installments like this i mean we kind of have to do something new and i i don't know i think i kind of agree with you i i, I enjoyed it but but one of the things i realize i haven't finished yet but one of the things i like about uh lost legacy is that it is snappy it is is um it's only. I mean, I, I've heard it's about eight hours long. I that that would that would line up with where I'm at. If I'm yeah, I think that depends on how much time you would spend uh, exploring the open world there. I, I I don't think it took me any more than about six hours to beat. Yeah, so I'm at, I'm at about seven now. So I it actually feels like if I am close to the end, I may end up around eight. But um, I mean, four and Last of Us are both relative to early Naughty Dog stuff are massive. Yeah, I mean, last Last of Us is about sixteen hours. If you, I mean, if you go for a lot of collectibles, up on Charted Four, can can clock in at around twenty, especially if you're at a higher difficulty. I mean, that is a it's a big game. It's like it's 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 like probably twice as long as like the first game in the series. The thing, the thing with the, the collectibles in in Uncharted though is that Uncharted never felt like a game that really encouraged, even though it's about like treasure hunting and stuff. Um, at least in terms of the story, Uncharted never felt like a game that really encouraged you to explore because the 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 areas are so linear and just the the platforming is so linear it always felt like if you were to find the treasure it, it was that you're going out of your way to do it like you're going to an area of the room that isn't the direction you need to go to kind of progress the story but you're looking over in this corner in case there's a treasure there and it's kind of never really felt like it was properly integrated into, into the game world for me um, no, yeah, and it, it's not like you really get anything. So if you do a side quest in that open world section, you get a trinket, and it actually helps you find treasure. But it's like I still don't really care because I'm not getting anything for. No, you the you, you get a 3D model of a thing you don't care about. 
you, you know you don't even care about and it's like and and obviously you get you know a trophy if you are so inclined um uh you know i i much preferred um even though even though this is kind of a played out thing in its in, in its own way i much preferred uh, last of us's collectibles being um diary entries and notes from survivors um, yeah that's stuff that i would you know, care more about than just you know. Especially, especially since in that this is and this blew my mind like the first time I played through that game is you'll pick up a note and you'll read it and like one of your AI uh, partners will remark on the contents of the note and they'll have a little exchange about it, which is which is what the Naughty Dog games are all about. That is that is what makes them great is the characters and the way they interact with each other. Whereas in, in Uncharted, including this one, you're, you're just getting little trinkets and it's a little, it's a video game collectible. That's what it is, you know, it's, and there's no, there's nothing to be discussed about it. Um, but I mean, we're, I mean, we're getting, getting, getting off track. I, I do think this is good. I was, I was um, worried about whether or not Nadine and Chloe would be like a good enough uh, pair of leads, but I think, I think, I think it works. I think, yeah, I think Nadine, I quite like they, I think they upped the kind of um, she was already kind of you know a, a bit of a smarmy character. They up they upped that aspect of Smidge, I think, just to make her feel a little bit more like you know Drake in, in some ways. Mm. And and Nadine is kind of the straight man, for lack of a better term. And they play off each other well, and it, it's it's um, and all the dialogue is great. And of course, there's lots of little trinkets if you if you go into certain areas or you find certain things that they they'll react to them it's all it's all the naughty dog sheen is there that's the funny thing about these games is that whether it was four or this one it's kind of like if the high levels aren't there when you actually sit down to play it all the little the little details and nuances that only they do really shine through and when you're playing you're like oh yeah this is good these guys these, they make great games um and obviously it's it's gorgeous as well i mean this and uncharted 4 they're like so in places they feel like you're playing like the hyper stylized E3 demo of what games can be, yeah. but you're actually you're you're actually getting to play it, um, sure. uh, which is great. So um so yeah, I'm enjoying it. I'm looking forward to finishing it. Uh, you know, forty quid, so it's not full price, and uh, you know it's shorter, which I feel has benefited greatly. Um, but I, most likely said after four, I mean I'm I'm kind I'm kind of ready for this to. I'm ready for them to move on. And uh, you know, um, and and kind of leave this behind. Um, or, yeah, the one thing uh, I would say about the series as well is that it's really starting to kind of show its age. Um, insofar as I was kind of playing it and and thinking, uh, obviously they've kind of tried to introduce the open world aspect to it, but Uncharted really hasn't developed much since the first one. I mean, visually, obviously, it looks spectacular, but in terms of playing the game, they haven't really changed much about the gameplay since the yeah. first one so at at points i was playing this and um like there's one part i think you you would have already reached barry there's one part where you're you kind of are stuck in this this kind of area and you're looking for kind of how well how do i get out of here and there's there's a little place where you you find a skeleton kind of blocking the way and you pull him out and then you walk through a little corridor and kick another skeleton out of the way it's like a little alley through through where you're walking and i was kind of playing this going wouldn't wouldn't be cool if there were like multiple branching little paths you could do uh as opposed to just being like when you're in an area the one way to get out is this way like if if you could have conversations with your friends and say oh this area how well how did you get out of there oh yeah i did this and and went from here use the grappling hook to here 
as opposed to it being you're in an area and you're looking for the one kind of crack in the wall that you can go through or the one little ledge that's differently colored so you can jump onto it. Like, it, it just felt like really old game design. Um, yeah. And and how, and I mean, this is something that a lot of people, a stick a lot of people use to beat Uncharted with, but I, I do think it's valid. How, how many times can you do a climbing segment? A, where it, it's completely like difficulty and threat free. You're literally just holding the stick forward or to the right so you can move. And B, where uh, they'll fake kill you by by having the character fall or something breaks. But it's just like a little cutscene where they fall yeah. to like the next level. It's like uh, it's like eat, forget all the other games that do this, like the new Tomb Raider games. It's like you guys have done this like thirty times across four games at this stage. Like I'm I'm done with it. I'm done with these tropes. Um, yeah, it, it yeah it, it definitely hasn't modernized in a way. And even the even the the open world section, it's like first of all, you climb a tower to unlock all the objectives. That is not that is not exactly reinventing <laughs> the wheel here. Uh, and and second of all, it, it's it's kind of just here's a set of objectives. Three of them you have to do, and you can do them in any order you want. And there's like the little secret uh, tokens you have to collect that are that are optional but they still you know the segments where you get those tokens they play the same as, as as pretty much all the other segments it's you know it's a puzzle and or a fight at each of those locations yeah it's like this this is this is just open world game design that we've had for 50 you guys doing it with your admittedly gorgeous tech is cool but it's also not especially fresh it's just it's just it's kind of like it's kind of like the way nintendo finally brought open worlds to zelda it's like okay but but whereas they actually did some new stuff with it like the climbing and and the the like you mentioned the different ways you can approach things and you can talk to your friends about how you all did certain things different ways whereas this it's just it, it feels very dated and it's kind of like you know um it is showing its age so um like there was, I, one, there was think- one part of the game where i was stuck for like 15 minutes going like how, where where am I supposed to go? And it was literally there was a tiny crack in the wall, and that I like I didn't feel like, oh, I outsmarted you, game. Like I earned the escape. It was just, again, not great game design where you just have to find this little crack in a wall that you can slide through. Like that was the whole like puzzle to it, and it just yeah. it, like it didn't feel satisfying to kind of after ten minutes ago. Oh, that was it. It was there was a little. A little not well indicated hole in the wall, you know, like yeah. I don't know. That being said, I really like the puzzles in this game. Like a lot of the puzzles are super good. Yeah, and it's it's. I think it's it feels percentage wise, it feels a bit more puzzle heavy than yeah than some of the other ones. I really like yeah. I I like them all. Yeah, the shadow puzzle probably my favorite part of the entire game. Um, That was great. Yep. And I really well. In fact, the the entire part where you're going to the three different areas and they have their little puzzles, like they're they're probably my favorite parts of the game. I really like the the jumping across from podium to podium puzzle as well, trying to count my way out, going like, okay, one, two, three, back, three, that, four, yeah, that, back, that was fun. Left, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, I really, I really, really enjoyed them. Um, yeah, now, now that I think about it, yeah, they they they've. Um they, they've squeezed a lot of good stuff in there. The um, other thing I will say as well, and this is obviously, I'm not going to spoil anything for you, but particularly towards the end of the game, I did get this, a very strong feeling of deja vu where 
I kind of thought about the game overall and went, this game is just full of ideas that, that have already been used in Uncharted. Especially, you'll see yourself, we'll talk more about it next week. But Although I really like the ending of it, it did feel like a rerun or like a... You know, kind of like this, the same criticism people made of Force Awakens, where they're like, this is just fucking Star Wars again. Um, especially the ending of Uncharted Lost Legacy. It, it's very reminiscent of things. Like, I, it, it more or less has been, been picked straight out of Uncharted 4 and plopped in here with different characters in it. Which is a little bit disappointing that they didn't come up with something kind of new or um, unique to this game. But instead just kind of recycled old, old ideas bit of a shame but yeah I, I i saw ign gave it about like a 7.5 out of 10 i i kind of I, I i'd be in that range myself i would say but i enjoyed yeah. it yeah it's a good game short as well so like yeah yeah so, that's, so that's next for, next for me is horizon hmm. Did you, are you are you just starting horizon i haven't started yet oh sorry that's next on your list so okay, next yeah, on my yeah. list is horizon big hopes for that one uh, yeah, I, th- I think you will like it. Uh, another another gorgeous game. Um, uh, not not so much on the well. It has some decent. It actually has a very mixed bag of facial tech. It has some really bad rubbery faces, but it also has some fantastic. Oh, Uncharted Lost Legacy has some of the best I've ever seen. Oh yeah, they are Jesus. incredible. They are incredible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it, but um, Horizon is gorgeous. It is it, not as good looking as Uncharted, but it's in the same ballpark. And it's a massive open world. Um, that's another game with a photo mode that I could just sit there all day and just play with that um, because there's so much to see. Um, yeah, God, Horizon's great. I actually, I'm actually really looking forward to the. Uh, I'm not sure if it's a DLC or a standalone or, or what what it is, but they're putting out more Horizon stuff basically in November. Yeah, uh, and the I frost. I, I'm, some wild some snow, frozen wilds. Frozen Wild thing, yeah, and it, it just looks like you know. Here's another six hours of Horizon. I'm like, yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> um, uh, what a great game! What a really great game. Um, yeah, I think like that. I think it's been a year for PlayStation as far as exclusives go. Uh, we, Yakuza and Horizon might be my two favorite games of the year. Um, I still have Near, which is an exclusive uh, for PlayStation. Um, and Uncharted, obviously, they've, they've had a great year. So, um, so yeah. Um, uh, so I bought, and I don't know how far I am, but I'm, I'm a couple of worlds in, Sonic Mania, uh-huh. which is the, the new two-dimensional Sonic release from Sega, uh, made by a series of, like, fans and people who've made, like, fan games but also like fan ports of the original games um i was just watching a video earlier today on the history of some of the people who were involved in making this game uh you know they 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 made various they you know held various conventions and game jams and 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 made a bunch of different versions of 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 sorry Say that again. Sorry, I, I didn't know if you were if you were like trying to talk to me. No, no, go um, um, but like, yeah, a bunch of different, uh, uh, you know, uh, people behind fan projects brought them all on board. Got them to make an official uh, thing, uh, and this is it. And it's it's really really great. It's it's um, it's basically it's kind of evoking the original games, although it is definitely not quite the same. 
you know, we've 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 talked about Sonic before in the past. Obviously, we're not going to go into all the all the usual talking points, but it's um, it's really great. Uh, there's there's some parts of it that do feel like it's playing itself as the Sonic game typically does, but there are other parts of it where it does really feel like it's it's challenging you with some real split second kind of twitch you know, jump at the right time, get, you know, secret, se- secret sections, uh, bonus pickups. If you're, if you're quick on the draw, um, you can replay, uh, levels as different characters. You're, you're free to choose at the, at the very beginning of the game, who you want to play as, uh, Sonic, uh, Tails, Sonic and Tails or Knuckles. Um, and I, I can already see I'm, I'm still on my first playthrough of the game. Uh, I can already see that there's definitely a lot of worth to playing as either Tails or Knuckles, so you can kind of go through the levels slower and see some of the alternate routes and hidden rooms and and the secrets. Um, the level design is really, really great. I really enjoy it. Um, the boss battles are very clever and uh, uh, very innovative, and the whole game is is gorgeous. It's, it's It looks and sounds great, uh, obviously going for the 16-bit style, but a little bit cleaned up, a little bit better looking, obviously, than it was back in the day. Um, I am really, really liking it. I think I'm liking it more than I've ever enjoyed a Sonic game, to be honest. Um, not hard. <laughs> not hard, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, like my, I love them. I loved the first two when I was a kid, but like, anytime I've bought, like, uh, I like on PS2, I bought a collection of them. Uh, I'm pretty sure I own Sonic game on phones. Uh, for the purpose of revisiting, and I've just never, I've never, I've always ended up going, oh, okay, well, I get it. Like, there's not a whole lot here. This, this, I'm genuinely loving. I, I, I'm looking forward to finishing it. I'm looking forward to replaying it, uh, and I'm looking forward to getting stuck into the alternate modes. There's a like a, a multiplayer mode. There's a time attack mode. Um, it's genuinely really good. And the other thing as well is that in the grand scheme of like debates about sonic you know it's often mentioned in conversations you know with mario and you know genesis versus and you know super nintendo and all this other stuff it's like you know this is a 20 euro downloadable game it's not trying to to become the king of the platformers or anything like that it's like it's just a fun uh really pretty uh, uh platformer uh with a with a a really great kind of quality sheen to it. Like it's a really well-made game. Um, yeah. So very pleasantly surprised, uh, with that. Uh, yeah. So I've been, I've been mainly playing that a great commute game. You can get through like an act or two on the bus to work. Um, uh, so I've been playing that playing uncharted. And I, I think that's all. Um, but uh, yeah, very happy with that so far. And as I'm doing this show, I'm downloading another game, right? I don't know if you have this, Paul, a little bit of Splatoon 2. Now my brother has it and he's addicted to it. I never played the first one because it was on the Wii no, U. Neither did, I, neither did he. And I'm I'm not a Jabroni Mark, well. so I didn't have a Wii. Um, so, but I know loads of people who are in love with Splatoon 2 and I am very excited to get on it. Plus, uh, I kind of want a... Uh, you know, I was I was big last year. I got big back into online shooters with Titanfall and Overwatch. Don't really have anything this year so far that's grabbing me in that way. So I'm hoping this will uh, this will satiate me. Um, so yeah, I'll report back on that next week. But that's uh, that's all my my games for this week. Um, do we want to jump into our emails? Yes, go for it. Uh, I'll go first. I'll just open them up. Um, so I have an email from Scott McAvoy. He says, subject, I'm going to ask this one last time. 
Uh, good evening, Joe. All the hype about Mayweather McGregor and the snooze fest that turned out to be mm. has me thinking that a couple of times over the last year, I've asked you to please go to YouTube and watch the five-round war that Marvin Hagler and Thomas Hearns had. It might be the most entertaining 15 minutes of boxing you'll ever see. Have you watched it yet? Hagler was 62-2 with 50 knockouts at the time. That's mental. Hearns was 14-1 with 34 knockouts. They spent 15 minutes beating the hell out of each other. I'll even include the link this time. Um, thanks, Scott. I haven't watched that. I will watch that tomorrow as it's bank holiday. I'll sit down and watch a bit of boxing. Um, he also gives us another pick one uh, of three actors. Mm. Um, so the rules are you can only watch one. Oh, so you can only watch that actor's movies for the rest of your life. And uh, it's not counting TV shows. So we've got <coughs> Kevin Bacon, Kiefer Sutherland, mm. and Christian Slater. Interesting list. Yeah, no, none of those names is jumping out to me. Uh, that, yeah. That's what I'm thinking. I might have to have a little look at the old filmographies here. So look, Kevin. Bacon. I mean, Bacon's been a lot, of, a lot of stuff. Hence the seven degrees of Kevin Bacon. The only um, thing I can think of with Kiefer Sutherland in it is phone booth dialect. Yeah, phone booth's good. Yeah. Oh, I at the cinema. I I think I mentioned this at the time. You know, they're remaking Flatliners. Um, I don't even know what that. I don't even know what that is. Well, that's that's a key for Sutherland cult classic. Okay, it's it's basically uh, about a bunch of people who kind of try and like medically kind of like kill themselves so they can see if there's anything in the afterlife. And but then obviously their friends revive them, and it's it's for the, just literally just to see if they if they can learn anything about death. Oh, um, is, that, I, is, that, is that the one with thingy woman? Key for Sutherland, yeah. No, Ellen. Oh yeah, Ella Page is in the new Ella one. Page. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw yeah, the trailer I, for that. I didn't realize it was the remake. I yeah, it, it is. It's. It, the... I, I don't know if it's well regarded. I know, you know, I mean, it's not like Kiefer Sutherland is typically associated with great films. Mm. Um, but you know, I think it's. I think it's from the time. You know, it's from a long time ago. I mean, it's probably around near enough to around when he made Lost Boys, when he was like this young, yeah. up and coming kind of potential uh, film star. But um, I can't uh, stand by me those, as well. Yeah, between those three, I actually I, I don't think I would pick Kiefer Sutherland. I love Twenty Four, but Why Scott said, "Go home and good. fuck your mother some more." That's from that movie. Mm-hmm. Well, I've looked at Kevin Bacon's filmography, and he's done he's done three movies that I like. Sutherland, he's done a lot of shite. Yeah, Sutherland is on two. Let's see if there's anything else in here that's jumping out at me here. Um, Oh, three. I think I'm going to have to go for Bacon. Yeah, I think Bacon's three or better. He he was in Mystic River, which is he great. was also in Flatliners. So you get that. That Venn diagram. Kevin Bacon was in Tremors. What's Christian Slater been in? F- absolutely fuck all. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, I'm, Bro- trying, I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to think of a great Christian Slater film, but broke Broken Arrow with um, what's his name, John Travolta. Um, Austin uh, Powers, Man of Mystery. Kevin Bacon was in Hollow Man, but Christian Slater was in Hollow Man Two. Oh, they made a Hollow Man Two. 
Jeez. Um, he was he was in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, Young True, true Romance. Too. True Romance. Yeah, True Romance, Interview with a Vampire. Um, there's a few, but yeah. I definitely rule out Slater. Yeah, I'll go for I think I'll go for bacon on the strength of the filmography. There's there's a few of my favourites in here, so Tremors, yeah, Plain Strains Plain Strains and Automobiles, which is awesome. Mystic River. Uh, yeah, JFK. A few good men. That's a good, good film. Super. Follow thirteen. X Men First Class. He was in. Yeah, yeah. Bacon. It's got to be Bacon. Yeah. And you get to watch all of the um, EE adverts that he's in as well. So that's good. <laughs> <laughs> the real, the real star. You know, where he does references to British stuff like Corey. Anyway, uh, so yeah, there, there you go, Scott. I think we're all on the bacon train there. Ooh, bacon train. Mm. Uh, I have a mail. It is from one Scott McAvoy. He says, last week you talked about how there has been a lack of memorable views in wrestling, and the one you forgot, maybe the feud of the year, Owens and Jericho may have been the best thing about wrestling for the first six months of this year. Yeah, although the fact that I didn't remember it, what does that tell you? Hmm? Hmm. I don't know. That feud was great. That feud was great. I'm being a bit silly. Um, But, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Usually I ask a question that Joe Joe and Paul can talk about involving the footy. This week I have a question for you and Joe, since both of you have been to the U.S. Were the serving (laughs) size... I always get a minute from this, even though I've been to the U.S. twice. This isn't the first time this has happened. But go on. You haven't been recently. You haven't been recently. It's all changed. Okay. It's all changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They've redecorated it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, uh, I have a question. It's about, oh, the food serving sizes at places you ate at. Uh, much larger than what you have over in your countries. Over here, we hear about how we're being served too much food for our meals, and I'd like opinions on the subject based on your experiences. Um, I, I don't know. I, I didn't feel like I was getting like ridiculous. And I was, I was in motherfucking Texas, where <laughs> we're... Where, where the stereotype is that everything is bigger. I genuinely did not feel like I was getting ridiculous portions of food. Now, I was drinking double gulps, which are like, <laughs> two, which are like uh, two liter uh, like, uh, cups of Coke uh, from 7-Eleven, right? Which, which is a great thing that your nation should be proud of. I wish we had them over here. Um, but other than that, I, I, I don't know that there was any like ludicrous. I went to a lot of Mexican restaurants where they were, where they were, you know, we were getting a lot of food, but I wouldn't say we were getting like noticeably more. I think this may just be a thing where it's just a stereotype that people like to play up to for laughs. I, I think um, we've, we've also caught up a bit on this side of the pond. Like portion sizes have gone up here as well, so it's not. As- yeah, we're, we're we're liking our big giant burgers and shit like that, you know, and our our big plates full of wings, and we're catching up. Yeah, so me as I mean me especially. Listen, if if there's giant burgers being served in this part of the world, I'm going to know about it. So so going over <laughs> to America when you have um, bacon yeah. cheese chips, double bacon cheeseburger, and chicken on the side, and a, and an Oreo milkshake. What's a big? What's a double gulp? Yeah, exactly. Look. Yeah. In fairness, when I was in America, I remember just being like gobsmacked by the the whole free re- uh, free refill culture of yeah. you drink your coke, go up and get another one uh, which for free. We don't, yeah, we don't have here, obviously. I do remember that their medium, let's say, in the McDonald's is 
bigger than our medium was like the basically the equivalent of our large if you just move everything up one but yeah i don't remember I, I i don't think it's anywhere as bad as you know it's, it's, it's not like you're being bombarded with food like a huge slab of you know fries or anything like that it's it's not as bad as it's maybe been made out to be on the other hand to to reverse the argument we went natty and me before she got her tooth taken out we went down to a local uh hotel slash pub called the courtyard in league slip uh to, yeah. t- to try out their burgers because we were down there having drinks obviously i wasn't drinking but having drinks uh the, the week before and so the people be- beside us had ordered burgers and they smelled ooh good so we went down and had some and they mm-hmm. brought the burger with uh chips slash fries and it was probably like i don't know 15 chips in it <laughs> you know like it was it was a tiny portion of chips mm. so if anything i want that we get bigger portions for fat people like me i don't like that america's yeah. getting the big portions that's not fair on us we should be the ones so uh chips. Thanks for your mail, Scott. Scott also knows that he's been very busy in August with work. And he's been using his free time to try and catch up on sleep. Well, that's not good enough. No, I'm missing. Um, yeah, so he's working 12-hour days, which I used to do at my job, so I can, I can sympathize. They kick you in the ass them days. Uh, I also have an email from Scott Elhijo del McAvoy. Since it's, tri- since it's Triplomania weekend. Um, El Hijo del Fantastic Emails. Oh, see what I did there? Um, Boom. Subject, naked gun movies <laughs> and the past. Uh, hello, Paul. You mentioned that you've watched the naked gun movies lately. Have you gone back and watched the Police Squad TV series that it's based on? Uh, I actually have. Um, I owned the or owned the Police Squad series like it's only like whatever six episodes or something uh i owned that on dvd and i gave my dad a loan of it because he had never seen them and then the next time i was in the house uh the disc was missing and then after that the case went missing so i don't have it anymore but i have watched them and they are great and it's 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 funny watching those having seen the naked gun movies it's fun to watch the series that kind of spawned that because they do use a lot of the same jokes, but you do get like full episodes where you have like basically new jokes and new stuff, and it is Leslie Nielsen in it and so on. I don't think um, um, what's the lad who murdered those two people, the American footballer, who's in the Naked Gun, allegedly murdered. Did he not murder them? O.J. Simpson. O.J. Simpson. I don't think he's he's not in the series. Um, but still, very very funny. Anyway, Scott continues. He says, "If you haven't, I would suggest you watch that." So I have. And if you find a way to watch it, grab the first, grab also the first two seasons of the show Soap, which was a TV show way ahead of its time. If you can imagine a TV show in 1977 having not only an openly gay character, but one that is considering a sex change operation, played by Billy oh, wow. Crystal, no less. You can imagine what <laughs> kind of, <laughs> what kind of, uh, you can imagine what kind of the soap... Scott, you've been working too much. You need to get some sleep. You can... Okay, hang on. I'm going to trans- translate this. You can imagine what kind of... What? Hang on. 
You can imagine what the soap opera version of Scary Movie would be like. The show was hilarious and oddly enough still holds up. Um, let's have to see if that's on Crystal, Netflix. Wow. Check that out. The only wrestling... Hey, Chris, re- is still around, isn't he? Yeah. Think so. uh, the only wrestling related comment I have is that the last match of SummerSlam was outstandingly entertaining. Braun destroying yeah. Brock, Brock not being able to hit the F5 on Braun, all that sets up for what could be a tear down the house one on one match, which of course they're doing at no mercy now. Uh, everyone in that match came out looking like they could have won the title, and Brock managed to look like he survived more than he conquered. With John Jones deciding that he likes needles more than he likes money, do you think that this keeps Brock in the WWE longer than he would have otherwise? Have a great week, Scott. Uh, yeah, I really... Obviously, we're going to talk a little bit about SummerSlam later on and about uh, the Brock Lesnar-John Jones thing, but uh, that match was brilliant. Um, did either of you guys see that SummerSlam main event? Yeah. No. The Fatal 4 Super, super good. Little preview was not my favorite match on the show, Ooh. but was was super 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 good. Uh, don't know what they're gonna do. Yeah, obviously, like very clearly, they seem to be angling for a John Jones Lesnar fight. Although I think after the John Jones needle in the ass fiasco came out, I think Dana White said that they're actually looking at making a John Jones Stipe Miocic fight. Stipe Miocic is the, the UFC heavyweight champion. So, obviously, that's not happening now either. So, John Jones screwed it all up, unfortunately. So, does that keep Brock in the WWE longer than he would have otherwise? I don't know. I, I still think that Brock is probably using this as a as a negotiating tactic anyway. So, I don't know that Jones necessarily really has any effect on that. He probably will end up signing... Again, for loads of money, I, you know, regardless of what John Jones does. Uh, but anyway, thank you for the email, Scott. So, that's all the emails. Um, a little bit of wrestling news, and then we talk about talk about the wrestling on the telly. Um, so, Big Cass uh, injured during his match on Raw. Went for a big boot out of the ring and landed awkwardly on. Apparently, did his ACL and will be out for Ugh. six months, nine months. Oh, oh, that's a long time. Uh, so Enzo Mori, now that he's nothing to do, he got bumped to two oh five live. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Where he'll never be what heard did, what, from again. What did two oh five live do to deserve that? <laughs> yeah. So. Did you, uh, did you guys see the uh, the big cast? Uh, I did the uh, injury. injury. Yeah, it, it seemed innocuous enough as these things often do. He just they did a spot where he missed a big boot. He went over the top rope to the floor and just landed on the knee. And it did, it didn't look like an especially rough landing. But like I said, you know these things they never are. He just he went down and he he got back up and he was as WWE likes. He was trying to do his best, you know. But he went he went for his big elbow and he just crumpled. Um, yeah, he couldn't do it. He could, he couldn't do it. So that that's unfortunate. I feel bad for him. Um, because it's like unlike Enzo, who honestly could have been sent to two hundred five live at any time, and nothing of value would have been lost. I mean, not saying the big cast was going to be a massive success or anything, but he was certainly getting a push. Um, so uh, he, this is obviously the worst possible time for him to get this. But uh, yeah, say la vie. That's wrestling. Sucks. I mean, Enzo's still on Raw, so. You know the two the the cruise rates are on Raw anyway, so Enzo's it's not a huge move, but the fact that he's kind of 
being relegated to the cruiserweight division is kind of unfortunate for him. Um, and unfortunate for people who like cruiserweight wrestling because you're not yeah. going to get a classic match there. Um, he is poor. Did you see his Instagram post about the, the 206? Fight? Oh, about the Mayweather fight where he spent 10 grand on a ticket. Yeah, and he, and he was like calling Connor and just ranting and raving like an absolutely annoying little gnat, even though it was just in text format. Um, um, I, I read that post and I was just like, I have no trouble believing that this guy is despised by, by everyone. Yeah, he seems a little bit of a dickhead, all right. Anyway, on that bombshell, um, <laughs> John Cena is now on Raw. Having spent the last couple of months on SmackDown, uh, this was kind of the first real action taken on. You know, they 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 built when he returned to SmackDown a month ago, whatever it was. He's a free agent; he can go where he likes. So now he's on Raw, uh, where apparently he's going to be feuding with Roman Reigns, uh, leading into No Mercy. So that's that looks like a nice little pay per view there: Braun Strowman versus Brock Lesnar in the main event, and John Cena Roman Reigns. Might have to check that one out. Um, now, moving quickly over... Oh, well, first, sorry. Asuka, obviously, has, uh, as of the last NXT tapings, is done with NXT and is going to be moving up to Raw SmackDown. They had a little ceremony where they gave her flowers and had the roster on the ramp applauding, which which they do typically when a big star moves up from NXT nowadays. So, uh, uh, What about the belt? The belt is vacated. Ah, so she never so lost. Still, she never lost the belt. Still undefeated. Still undefeated. So she will move up. Uh, do you? I mean, I don't know if I believe this injury is real. I didn't even mention an injury. But yeah, for Asuka? it was reported that she was injured at the takeover match, right? Yeah, reported by them by WWE. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I I I. Like I'm wondering, is this just their storyline way of getting it off her without beating her? Um, I mean, I don't think, I, I don't think it would really make a difference, right? Because I don't think she's being moved up because she's injured. I think it's just, you know, I think what they did was William Regal came out and said that he was negotiating her move for to Raw or SmackDown. I don't know that it was necessarily as a result of an injury, you know, in the storyline. So. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I didn't pay much attention to it, to be honest. We'll have to. We'll have to see. Speaking of female injuries, <laughs> moving over to Mexico, um, sexy star, who of course American viewers will know as a role model for small girls everywhere, <laughs> apparently purposely uh, injured an opponent at Triple Mania, Rosemary from TNA. Uh, put her in an armbar, won the match with the armbar, then held it on and apparently hurt Rosemary's arm with it. Mm. So in our little rundown, I've called Sexy Star a very rude name. That Ooh, I no. won't say on the air. You can imagine what it is. Um, I'm going to open this up now. I think no. there's a good chance that maybe cunt are going to see what it is. Um, <laughs> uh, let me take another look here. Uh, okay, no, interesting. Yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna reveal what it is. Um, <laughs> that could be our but, se- um, a season finale reveal. Yeah, um, Acacunt. What the fuck is 
um, I yeah, that was a weird situation. Although all the TNA people tweeting about it makes me think it's a work, but I don't know. Yeah, it's only TNA people talking about it. That's weird, isn't it? And and Karen Jarrett's straight up just like mm, bring her to GFW, and they're like, oh no. So I'm I'm you're you're suspicious. You're I'm keeping I'm I'm keeping one eye on this and the other eye on the big red button that I press that sounds the work alarm. <laughs> um, so so watch this space. Uh, what else was in the news? Uh, last thing, also from Triple Mania, uh, Doctor Wagner Jr., who appeared on Lucha Underground as recently as this season, uh, yeah. was unmasked as. Uh, having lost his match with uh, Psycho Clown, which was the main event of Triple Mania. So, Dr. Wagner Jr. took his mask off uh, to reveal that he is a sexy silver fox. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, a, a smoldering older man. <laughs> it's not like... Why, why did he wrestle under a mask for so long? You can understand with, like, psychosis or super crazy, but this guy... Yeah, so he took off his mask, and uh, that's yeah, interesting because obviously Doctor Wagner Junior. I don't know how long he's been around. That must be twenty, thirty years. Yeah, but he he's fifty one or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so about about thirty years probably. Uh, always masked. Of course, he has with him now Doctor El Hijo del del Doctor Wagner Junior, <laughs> or or as he's known, Doctor Wagner Juju. Um, was there with him as well. So. No mask. Um, that's the wrestling news for the week. In terms of the telly and that, uh, how much of TakeOver or SummerSlam did you watch? No, We talked about TakeOver, didn't we? Uh, oh, yeah, we would have done the show on, on your yeah. right. Oh, yeah, on, on, on Sunday. Uh, I watched the SmackDown tag title match, the Jinder match, the main event... And I think that's it. Yeah. Well, what happened with us was I had heard that SummerSlam was shite outside of the main event. So when when I got home from work, um, what me and my brother did was we, because uh, we have the network subscription, um, skipped right to the main event <laughs> and started with that. Um, so main event was great, as we discussed earlier. Lesnar chucked through the announce table twice by Strowman. Took out on a stretcher. Brock Lesnar did, did the old Terry Funk injury spot. Um, like The Rock did in Fast and Furious 7. Um, and yeah, I thought that match was, was really great. And then once we watched that, we went back to the beginning and kind of made our way through. Now, I, I ended up not watching like the middle two hours, I would say. Just because the, the, it was so late, but at that point that I I stopped watching and I never went back to watch the rest of it. So I I I watched the main event and the the f- I watched two of the matches from the pre-show and then like the first two or three matches from the pay-per-view and and not the middle part. So I did I didn't see the Jinder Mahal Nakamura match. I didn't see the Kevin Owens Styles match. Um. And I'm happy that I did watch the pre-show. Originally, I wasn't gonna, but I heard good things about that SmackDown tag team title match, and that was that was actually my favorite match of the show that I watched. Yeah, the Usos against the New Day had a hell of a match. I I would 
I'd be torn between this and the main event for my favorite match, but I would say I would definitely say this tag match was as good as anything on Takeover. Yeah, well, I didn't watch any Takeover, so. Yeah, well, you take my word for it then. I'll take over your word for it. Oh, great! Ooh. Um, but yeah, it was a great match. Usos are having the best run of their career. New Day still got it, you know. Um, very much enjoyed this. Yeah, I think as, as much as people talk about the like the revival matches from earlier in the year, like revival, uh, DIY, Authors of Pain, etc., like the different combinations of matches they had, I think this might have been my favorite tag match of the year. It was so good, and I didn't expect like anything of it because it was just the you know, pre-show match. But they got a lot of time, and they told a hell of a story. And the false finishes were like believable. Mm. And I had a surprise like winner. The Usos won. It was great. Yeah, um, yeah. The 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 new day continued to kind of innovate and, and add new stuff to their uh, repertoire um, that I enjoy. So, um, yeah, very much enjoyed that. Um, did you watch the Nakamura match? No. It was quite bad. I've um, heard, yeah. They they had, like, a really basic... It was a very house show match. Um, and, like, not like a house show main event. Like, just a smack in the middle of the, of the, of the house show. Um, you know, uh, Kurt Hawkins comes out and challenges uh, Dean Ambrose... But because it's a house show, they go 15 minutes and you're you're sitting there uh, crying because your day has been ruined. Um, they had one of those matches. It was like it was largely inoffensive, but it was also not good at all. It was so boring. And then at the very end, the Singh brothers got involved for a distraction. The most basic distraction ever. This is why Nakamura is rubbish. He didn't get out and like fuck one of them into the third row like Randy Orton would do. He just kind of knocked him off the apron. And then Jinder botched his own finish. He oh, didn't no. get the he didn't get the Cobra clutch on properly, and so he just kind of picked Nakamura up and threw him down and pinned him. Um, so that sucked. Um. Uh, and the finish, I mean, the finish took it from, like, an underwhelming, like, below-average match to, like, a bad match. Uh, so the gender experiment rolls on. I don't know why. Cena is now on a different show, so the theory that Cena was beating him for the title, that's out the window. Mm-hmm. I don't know where they're going with him or what they're planning to do. Well, but, it uh, seems like from, from SmackDown, it seems like they're continuing with the Nakamura feud. And you know what the next SmackDown pay for you is, Barry? Oh, no. <laughs> Hell in a Cell. It is Hell in a Cell. No. Hell indeed. <laughs> um, yeah, that match sucked. Uh, yeah. I, I couldn't bring myself to watch the rest of the show because all I heard was that it was just really average. I watched um, just because it was like on before I went to bed on, on like SummerSlam night because uh, I couldn't sleep. So I was like dipping in and out of watching the stream in between deciding to go to sleep and, and staying up. Uh, I did watch the Naomi-Natalia match, which was actually like, like you could tell they were trying their hardest to have a great match if the crowd didn't give a shite because it's Natalia. But they were doing all kinds of like fun stuff. Naomi was doing like all her crazy like high-flying spots that you know she's capable of. Um, but the crowd didn't care, and Natalia won. And I was like, all right, I don't care about the rest of this. Um, but yeah, it, just, it seemed like it was a decent show, just stretched too long. Um, as as is often the case with WWE, and uh, yeah, then we had the main event. 
I'm looking here at the uh, the list of WWE pay-per-views for 2017. Just in terms of splitting them up into Raw and SmackDown pay-per-views, right? Let me let me go through the list since since WrestleMania, okay? The Raw pay-per-view main events. Payback. Braun Strowman versus Roman Reigns. Extreme Rules. Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor versus Bray Wyatt versus Samoa Joe. Great Balls of Fire. Brock Lesnar, Samoa Joe. No Mercy. Brock Lesnar, Braun Strowman. They all sound like fun matches, right? Smackdown. Backlash. Randy Orton, Jinder Mahal. <laughs> Money oh. in the Bank. Money, the main event was the Money in the Bank match, but the title match was Jinder Mahal versus Randy Orton. Oh, yeah. Battleground. Jinder Mahal versus Randy Orton. Uh, Hell in a Cell. <laughs> What's looking like? Jinder Mahal versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh, Compared to last year, by the way, since the brand split happened, uh, the three SmackDown main events were Dean Ambrose, AJ Styles, twice. And I, I, I remember the TLC match was very good. Um, and then one stinker with Randy Orton, Bray Wyatt, no mercy. Um, and then the Raw ones were Kevin Owens, Roman Reigns, and Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins. And then, of course, Sasha Banks versus Charlotte, uh, Hell, Hell in a Cell, last year. That's yeah. interesting, by the way. The Hell in a Cell last year was a Raw pay-per-view. And this year is SmackDown. It's like, are they alternating? It seems like it because I, I think Raw is getting TLC this year, yeah, uh, whereas is. that was SmackDown last year. So, yeah, um, yeah it's, it, that's fine. I mean, if I, I don't know why they still do these gimmick pay-per-views, but if they're going to, I mean, yeah, might as well switch back and forth. Interesting that they there's just like a, a, a much more laissez-faire attitude towards like what's Raw and what's SmackDown. Just like, fuck this year, this is SmackDown. <laughs> that's Raw. Who gives a shit? Mm. Okay. That's interesting. Um... The only thing I want to talk then about SmackDown, uh, Bobby Roode obviously debuted on SmackDown this week, and Shelton Benjamin returned. So uh, Raw actually had no call-ups. So I think there was an anticipation that there would be call-ups post-SmackDown or post-SummerSlam, but for Raw there weren't. Yeah. Um, but on SmackDown, Bobby Roode, obviously the best team song in wrestling, um, and Shelton Benjamin, who Shelton Benjamin look, looking well, I would say, for Shelton. I don't know how excited yeah. I am about seeing Shelton Benjamin again, but uh, yeah, I, I know a lot of people are excited. I'm just like, eh, you know, we had him for a few as, years and he wasn't didn't blow me away. Yeah, they it's it's not like it's not like he first of all, you know, it's not like he was blowing the world away in New Japan, and second of all, it's not like he's only ever worked there. You know, yeah. I mean, he was like a, a really exciting prospect in like '04 or whatever. And yeah. when, that was you know, that was thirteen years ago now. Yeah, yeah, but, and God, see, yeah, so he what? He must be like what, forty at this stage, or thirty, you know, seven, like late thirties. Oh, I'd say he's even older. Um, let me have a look. Shelton Benjamin. Is anything wrong? Forty-two. With that. Is he forty-two? Wow. Yeah. He's looking looking well for forty-two. He's looking well, and he still moves around in the ring, you know, well. Um. Mm. So uh, we shall see. Um. Uh, where they go with him? He's also he also towered over Chad Gable in that segment. It's funny that they replaced Jason Jordan with a, another black amateur wrestler, man. What, what, what are you implying? Mm. Listen, remember, remember when R-Truth came out to team with Bubba Ray Dudley in the Royal Rumble? 
Like, they could have had anyone come out and just lift a dude up for the 3D. Listen, Bubba, Bubba Ray spoke to some black people backstage and racism was solved at the end, okay? And I like, Bob, Bubba Ray Dudley doesn't want someone to set up his table unless they are black. It's like... <laughs> Like he he like like Vince McMahon was like all right so Kurt Hawkins is gonna he's like wait woo woo Kurt Hawkins is he is he gonna put on Paul Griffin's Keenan outfit or something or uh, what are we doing here? But uh, I digress and uh, yeah then he had a chat with his like black postman or whatever it was where he said have a good day and racism was ended. <laughs> anyway I I I'm just waiting for the the skit where Shelton calls Gable Charlie Haas. By mistake. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, we're running a little bit long. Uh, so do we want to talk about OTT at the weekend quickly? Yes, yeah, we'll do it a, a, a quick OTT run. Definitely down. a... Uh, and Actually, I see this as a positive. Definitely a show that's allowing a little bit more focus to the homegrown talent. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, their, you know, their hands are a little bit tied. Um, obviously, King of Trios and Battle of Los Angeles. Oh, I didn't are, realize that they were happening. Oh, yeah, they are both happening. And, and So Haskins isn't on the show, which is funny, because most people figure he got the belt instead of Skrull because he is more readily available, which I would assume is the case. Yeah. Uh, you know, Marty Skrull is all over the world. But funnily enough, ironically enough, Haskins is not available for this show because he is in Battle of Los Angeles. Um, so, yeah, you know... It, crazy weekends but they have they have put together a um a great show with an emphasis on locals and they've got they have you know three big important names two big important names and one you know exciting important name um uh they have uh chief deputy deputy dunn of the anti-fun police he is returning uh to face eddie dennis eddie dennis is a a regular in in progress and and um attack uh, he's good you know he's um he's good he's not he, um you know he's not like um he's not someone I was like clamoring to see but he is good um and I think he'll do well in the Tivoli. Uh, what else we got here? We've got the team of Logan Bryce and Justy versus Angel Cruz and Be Cool. The Angel Cruisers. The oh the Angel Cruisers. Pardon me. Very much looking forward uh, to that match. That's gonna be great. Yeah, I think that might have that might have show stealing potential. Uh. Uh, you know, and obviously the history with Be Cool and Justy, and and that that'll be an interesting dynamic to see them follow up on. Uh, for the tag team championships, uh, the team of Two Unlimited and uh, the Kings of the North Oof. will do that. Yes, please. Uh, that's an all Irish match. I've been I've been a bit harsh on Two Unlimited recently, but I uh, but I do think that they will have a barnstorming match with those two. I think that will probably that that has all the the that has the makings of the match of the night there. Um, um, yeah, and I, I was chatting to some people there recently. I mean, uh, you know, it's going to be so hard to do with the gimmick, but I feel like there are fans, enough fans who want to cheer for the Kings of the North now. Um, to make them baby face. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, like, it, it feels like a big risk, but I don't know. Or Belfast face, as Corbin calls it. Yeah, yeah, it's very, it's very, um, it's very interesting, but it's, I think it's just they are so good, and they are also kind of like a flagship act, like they are an OTT act um, that people like to, to get behind. So we'll see. That match will be great. They're obviously mean guys. They're facing some flippy guys. It'll be a, a great time. I, I am sure of it. Uh, we will have uh, David Starr 
of uh, WXW fame and uh, a number of other promotions facing Jordan Devlin. Uh, that'll probably be great. Uh, and, and we'll see if, if they will continue the, the Devlin push towards the main event. Uh, and then I believe that's everything bar the main event. I no, believe. Zach Gibson against Bobby George Jr. Oh, yes. Bobby George Jr. The perfect heel against the perfect babyface. Yeah, this is going to be this. The atmosphere for this one's going to be great. It's going to be, it, it's going to be the most hated man in the Tivoli Theater versus the the beloved uh, buffoon. Uh, <laughs> it is Bobby George Jr. and I mean that in a good way. Um, bless him. Um, so that, that that'll be fun. And then the main event is uh, the first ever cereal. cereal bowl match, which is a five person. Uh, staggered entry rumble-style match. Uh, random entry, uh, although the fifth man in the match is a mystery. So I would, I am guessing that person may come in last, and I honestly could not even guess who that may be. The Rock. But confirm. Who? The Rock. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you said Brock, but it was actually no. I think Brock would be all right as well. Yeah, I think Brock. Uh, so in the match, confirmed in the match, we have Will Ospreay returning to the Tivoli. We have El Ligero returning to Tivoli. Uh, I haven't seen El Ligero in ages. I can't remember the last time he was in OTT, so that'd be good. Flip Gordon making his debut ROH star. I heard great things about him. I don't think I've ever seen him before. Uh, Curtis Murray, who is a standout. I mean, he he is arguably the standout of the OTT contenders shows. Uh, had a great match against Jody Fleisch in Belfast. Yeah, I saw the, the Belfast match he had with Devlin, I think it was. It was really good. Yeah, so he's he's um he's he's really great. And I mean, what a I mean, this is his first time having a, a Tivoli appearance. What a what a, a match to make it in. I mean, he's he's in there with some of the best in the world. And yeah, as mentioned, a a mystery fifth man. OTT likes to do the old uh, likes to do the old surprises. So um, I genuinely have no idea. I know Jern Simmons is uh, advertised for the show as well. Yeah, the, the barrel chested. WXW star who does his long entrance. He is advertised for the show. I feel like they wouldn't advertise him and have him be the surprise guy. Yeah, That's not really yeah. his style. No. Um, uh, especially because it's the main event. So if he hasn't had a match by the time that rolls around, although maybe he'll T Grey Uno it. Maybe it is T Grey Uno. <laughs> he'll show up with like his bag and his plane tickets. Uh, I made it. So um <laughs> the one so thing yeah, I, the one thing I'm happy as well, not to come off as a, a curmudgeonly old you know, old man, that they only have six matches announced. Hmm. There's not ten matches. So I know this isn't hopefully isn't gonna go for four fucking hours. <laughs> we can leave at about half ten, that would be grand, you know? Yeah, I, I don't wanna have to leave midway through a main um at the main event again. I mean if once I can forgive, but it, like if they make a habit of it, I'm gonna get really grumpy. That's why. Um, that's why I kind of assume that Jordan Simmons will have his own match because there are, there are only six announced. Yeah, mm, I'm starting to get uh, sleepy now. Yeah, well, luckily we're nearly finished because Ooh. that is the OTT roundup. Uh, I will be uh, ringside. Paul will be on the stage. <laughs> Again, uh, we, we we never sit in the same place except and last, and last and time and I went, we did actually. You were like right beside me. And never the twain shall meet. Um, so yeah, we'll be back, and we'll see if they have any more announcements. That Belfast show, yeah, there, there is mutterings that they may not be, you know, 
that, that they may be looking for new venues in Dublin. I don't, I don't know. Um, like, like still, even though the Tivoli isn't being, you know, blown up as it was allegedly going to be. Um, but I, I, it's very weird. Their schedule on Twitter, it originally had uh, October was going to be the 7th and the 8th, Dublin and Belfast doubleheader. But they announced this week, October 1st, we're doing Belfast and nothing else. No, no Dublin date is announced for October, which is very No, very it's still October 8th, the third year anniversary show. No, it's not. I'm, look, I'm looking at a post over right now. Is it? October, I it was October 1st. No, tickets go on sale September 1st, but the show is on October 8th. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, regardless, they they haven't um, they haven't announced anything for um uh, for Dublin that weekend. Oh no, November three. Um, yeah. It's just, well, it's maybe just, they're going to announce it at the show. Presumably, they'll announce the the plans for October. Ah, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, because I, I I I will make the trip to Belfast if there's no Dublin show. But if there is a Dublin show, obviously I'm not going to. You know, I don't want to. Um, but yeah, they've announced ACH and Matt Riddle for that, which is great. Uh, not against each other; they're just they're just appearing. Cole Cabana returning as well, so that'd be good. And uh, obviously, they have the big Christmas show coming up. So, um, uh, are you are you sold on that? Are you, you going to get those tickets? Oh or yeah. Gonna... yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, they, they, so uh, I'll be. I'll be they appeal I'll to me this going, time. Yeah, I'll, I'll just be going uh, general. Uh, you know, back in the stalls for this nah, one. So uh, I'll be I'll be on the good seats. Hopefully, you're going to get the good seats this time. Yeah, so, well, I, last time I did. Where were you last in? Oh, by the by the stage. Oh, lovely. Um, oh yeah, yeah, I remember now. Yeah. So yeah, we'll have a, an, an OTT rundown there next week, as well as uh, God, what else is going on in wrestling? Probably a follow up on all these various different news stories. The sexy star thing, I'm sure, will be developing ongoing, um, and we'll, we'll follow up on all that jazz. Plus, you know, uh, I'm probably finished Uncharted, a bit more Game of Thrones. That Game of Thrones will be finished by the time we we uh, were back on the air with new Rick and Morty and all that jazz. So um, oh, that Rick and Morty was good this week, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah I liked it. So um, so yeah, uh, we'll be back next week talking all the usual fun and games. You can go, you. That's why I'm talking to you, dear listener. All right, it's not just Scott. Let Scott sleep. All right, you let him go to bed, and some of the rest of you pick up the email Slack. All right, yeah, it's only fair. Go to ShareShopPodcast.com, send us a mail also for the episode archive, and follow ShareShopPod on Twitter for, for updates regarding the show. Uh, until next week, folks, it's going to be goodbye from me, Barry Murphy. Goodbye from Joe Towner. Goodbye. And goodbye. Mr. Polgar. Goodbye. Goodbye.